Hi everybody, this is Scott George. Welcome to Pine Castle United Methodist Church, our online service this morning. We are glad you are here. It's going to be a great, great Sunday. I want to encourage you to get your, uh, get your Bible, get your family together, uh, gather around for the next few moments. We're going to have a wonderful time of worship. Uh, our children's pastor, Sandra, is going to come and bring a great message. And our worship team is going to lead us in some wonderful music and worship. And I've got a great message for you today. Today, we're going to be looking at the hymn, Where He Leads Me, I Will Follow. And what a great hymn that we're going to look at and celebrate together. People from all over Orlando, Central Florida, are going to be worshiping with us. So we're glad you're here. Hang on, it's going to be a great service. We look forward to worshiping with you uh, today. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Pine Castle live stream. My name is Jim Poling, and by the way, that's spelled with one L. And, and the reason I bring that up is because, you see, this past Tuesday was an election. And somehow, every election, I have the same problem. I come out and I see a line forming in front of my house. And I have to say, no, 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 this is not your polling place. This is Jim Poling's place. One L, one L. Uh, never mind. That's the one joke I get to tell on election day, just kind of give it to me, okay? Our PC share for this week. God is not forcing you to follow him. He is inviting you to join him on a journey. God is not forcing you to follow him. He's inviting you to join him on a journey. Pastor Scott will be delving into that in his message in just a few moments. We're gonna have a great time of worship coming up with Aaron, Bruce, and Heather. Pastor Sandra will have a message for the kids, and Pastor John will have a few words as well. Next Sunday is the fifth Sunday of the month, and that is the Sunday that we designate for an additional offering to give to the Florida Children's Home. So when you send in your tithes and offerings, make sure you designate a certain amount for the Florida Children's Home. If you're doing it online, there's a, a box called Additional Information. Just write in a Florida Children's Home and the amount that you want to designate for them. And I think that's all I have on my list. Um, oh, oh, I know. <laughs> there is something or someone that should be at the top of my list. We are obsessed, curious, distracted, and fixated. Like an accident on the side of the road, we can't look away. Something or someone has our attention. We are followers. We are all following something. Sports teams, political candidates, natural disasters, breaking news, financial markets, technology trends, famous people. The list never ends. What is your curious obsession? Who or what are you following? Is Jesus on your list? Does he turn in and out of your thoughts? See a consideration of who you are and what you do. He should be. Let your heart catch fire with what it means to be a Jesus follower. Your life will never be the same. Soul. Remember 
Ancient hill where your blood was spilled. Barrison, everything once held dear. I count it all as lost. Lead me to the cross where love poured out. Bring to my knees, Lord. Lay me down, rid me of myself. I belong to you, Lord. Lead me, lead me to the cross. You were as I, tempted and tried. You. Came flesh, but my sin and death. Let your reason, everything once held dear, I count it all as lost. Lead me to the cross where you love poured out. Bring it to my knees. Rid me of myself. I belong to you, Lord. Lead me, lead me to the cross. Everything once and dear, count it all as lost. Everything once and dear, count it all as lost. Lead me to the cross where your love poured out. Bring me to my knees, Lord. Lay me down and rid me of myself. I belong to you, Lord. Lead me, lead me to the cross.
Good morning, PC Kids. Today, we are continuing our series on being led by God. And our hymn for today is, Where He Leads Me, I Will Follow. Have you ever thought about following God? Or how can you follow God? Well, when you ask Jesus in your heart, when you ask Him to be your Lord and Savior, and you accept that gift of His salvation, you then have God's Spirit in you. So far, we have discovered how we can follow God's leading and guidance and direction through His Word, the Bible, through prayer. And today, we're going to learn a little bit about being led by the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit in us. To be led by the Holy Spirit, you have to be close to God to learn to listen to His still voice and to follow those gentle nudgings from inside of you. I want to show you a video and in this video you're going to see my daughter Amanda with her dog Sweetie taking a walk. Sweetie loves to spend time with Amanda. Amanda is what you would call Sweetie's master. 
in this video, you're going to see that Sweetie is following the lead of her master, Amanda, and walking very closely to her. just as Sweetie was following the lead of Amanda during their walk. We need to follow the lead of God. Actually, following the lead of God is being obedient to Him. You see, God desires to have a relationship with each of us. Remember, He created us. He knows what's best for us and wants us to be close to Him. We need to be sensitive to how He directs us through his spirit within us, the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to share with you another video of Amanda working with both of our dogs to do tricks, Sweetie and Baxter. She is teaching them how to do different things, so watch very closely as they follow her lead as she gives them direction to sit pretty, to give her some high fives, and to roll over. Did you notice in that video how Baxter and Sweetie were very intent on Amanda? Listening to what she had to say to them, following her lead with her nudges and her signals? That's how it should be with our relationship with God. We should be following Him that closely, being that intent on Him. He put His Spirit within us, the Holy Spirit, and He speaks to us and He gives us nudges and guidance. We need to stay focused. But sometimes it is hard, as you notice Baxter's a puppy. And he did lose a little bit of focus. But Amanda was quick to bring him back and to remind him what she needed him to do. So remember, if you lose focus, if you stray a little bit from God, come back, get quiet again and recognize his voice within you and let his nudges show you and lead you and direct you and guide you. Let's pray. Fold your hands and close your eyes. Dear God, help us to be obedient to your leading and your guiding. Help us to be sensitive to your nudges to the Holy Spirit within us. Lord, we love you and we want to be with you and follow your lead forever and always. In Jesus' name, amen. Kids, before I go, I want to challenge you to be quiet and still 
and focus on the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit in you, and learn to listen to that voice and learn what it sounds like and learn to follow those gentle nudges he puts inside of you. Now it's time for me to go. I need to pass it off to Pastor John, who is going to receive today's tithes and offerings. But I'll see you next week. Good morning. I am so excited to worship with you today. Great sermons. Pastor Scott has been on target. Well, I've been giving a few scripture lessons on tithing, and I choose to ask the question, why I tithe? Well, I tithe for a number of reasons, and the one today I'm going to give you is I want to tithe because I worship the Lord. It's an act of worship. In Deuteronomy 26, the 10th verse, now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. The Lord gives it to us. Place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. Another translation says, when you place your offering before the Lord, you bow down to the ground before him. Humble worship. I know you love the Lord. I do too. And I want to worship him. And I worship him with my tithes. Matthew 6, 9, coming to the New Testament, Jesus said when he taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed means to give your all to the Lord. Gracious, love, all that you are, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Right after that in the prayer, it says, And give us this day our daily bread. Uh, you, I'm sure you've read that. When you pray, give us our daily bread, we're saying that the Lord supplies our need of food. If you are in need of food, in other words, you don't have enough money to tithe because it would keep you from in, enjoying food, then don't tithe. For goodness sakes, don't do it. But if you are not really concerned about where your next meal is coming from, then for goodness sakes, get into the blessing train and tithe. God supplies everything that you have, everything that I have. Well, I'm not concerned about where my next meal comes from, but I am concerned about the ministry of God's gospel going forward. That's another reason I tithe. It's time for the offering. We give our tithe, then we give our gifts and offerings to the Lord. Let us pray. Thank you, God. Again, you are the giver of all good things. Bless these tithes, gifts, and offerings, and let them be for others as they are to us, a tremendous blessing and an act of worship and love for you. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.
And what a wonderful time of uh, worship and sensing God's presence we've had uh, this morning. I want to thank the worship team and the entire staff. Um, just a, a little commercial here. By the way, we had uh, drive-by communion, and we were overwhelmed by the response. People from all over came, and we even had a little bit of a traffic jam on, on Orange Avenue. It was so good, and it was so good to see everybody. And uh, we're going to be back in person really soon. So we've got a leadership team meeting uh, uh, this week. And we'll be making that announcement officially. We get ready. We're going to be back in, in live, uh, in-person worship real, real soon. Uh, today we're looking at uh, the hymn, Where He Leads Me, I Will Follow. A great hymn. And uh, here's, here's got several verses. I, I want to just read the, uh, the chorus to you. Where He Leads Me, I Will Follow. Where He Leads Me, I Will Follow. Where He Leads Me, I Will Follow. I'll Go With Him, With Him all the way. What a great uh, hymn. It was written by E.W. Blandley. And the story behind this beautiful hymn was that E.W. was at a crossroads in his life, and he was working for the Salvation Army. And there was an opportunity for him to go to one of two locations. And uh, one was Cush, 
comfortable, uh, predictable, and the other was an act of faith. In fact, the one option that he had was to go to Hell's Kitchen in New York City. And it was not plush, it was not comfortable, it was not predictable, it was living by faith. And, and during this uh, time of turmoil and really wrestling what to do and where to go, um, I'm glad to let you know today that he made the decision to uh, avoid the comfortable and the predictable and the comfort. And he went to Hell's Kitchen in downtown New York City to minister to uh, men and women who needed uh, somebody. And it was through that experience that he wrote this beautiful hymn where he leads me, I will follow. And uh, I love the hymn. I love the message. I remember as a little boy again this week, this song I just remember and singing it. And um, it's got some great lyrics. And, and we're going we're gonna to look at this, um, at this hymn today and look at the principles behind it. You know, there's a scripture and it's going to be on your screen. Got a lot of scriptures these next few moments. So I want you to stay with me and follow along. Um, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, where Jesus is talking to uh, his disciples and he's calling his disciples. You know, many of them were fishermen. Uh, one was a tax collector. One was very, very wealthy uh, from a wealthy family. Uh, but all of the disciples uh, confronted Jesus. And I, I should say Jesus confronted them. And in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, he says, Come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I like that. Come and follow me. There's not going to be a contract. There's not going to be an agreement. Uh, I'm not going to have my lawyers contact your lawyers, and we'll come up with something that works for both of us. It was a, it was a command. Come follow me. And if you follow me, I will make you into fishers of men. That word there, make, means to, 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 to uh, it's an author. It's, it's an author uh, writing a book or writing a poem. Come, follow me, and I will begin a work in you. I will make you. I will disciple you. I will teach you. I will write into your life like an author does a book, and you will learn how to be fishers of men. Let me ask you a question this morning. As we look at this hymn by E.W. Blandley, where he leads me, I will follow. I think we need to be reminded today that we are following the good shepherd. And you just don't follow him once. Every single day, you and I are making a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Now, there may be some of us that are wondering and just thinking, well, you know, Pastor Scott, I made the decision to, to follow Christ you know, 50 years ago and, and, and I'm no longer uh, have to follow him. And what a, what a shame. I, I believe that there is so much joy uh, and so much to experience when you and I make the decision that we're just not going to follow him and, and make it a decision years ago to do that. But every single day we say, where you lead me today, God, I am going to follow. Let us be like E.W. Blanley, who says, God, I got a choice today. I, I can choose the comfortable or I can choose the unpredictable. Wherever you lead me, God, I'm going to follow you. And there are people watching. You've been following for a long time. And can I tell you something? You got many years left. You, got, you still can follow. 
You still can let this song be your prayer. God, will you lead me? I will follow. I don't ever want to stop following Christ. I don't ever want to get to the place where I'm comfortable and I can just coast and I can just kind of sail in. No, I want to wake up every single day saying, God, where you lead me, I'm going to follow. And uh, we're going to look at the, uh, a story in the, uh, in the New Testament of a man who had the opportunity to follow Jesus. And he didn't. And we're going to look at the, the price that he paid for not following Jesus. I hope this song is your prayer today. God, where you lead me, I will follow you. You know, we need to be reminded today that when we follow Jesus, when we obey and, and we follow the good shepherd, he still changes lives. He still is making us into the people that he wants us to be. You know, I, when I was studying this, I was reminded of a, a friend of mine. I'm not going to give you his full name. Uh, his first name was Greg. He's in the Orlando area. I've known him for, for 25 years. And when I think of, think of transformation, I think of Greg. Greg, in his early years, and I met him when he was probably 40, so he had 40 years of living for himself and following no one except him. He was a rough character. He was a professional thief. He was in and out of prison, living a life of rebellion. His whole method of operation was just to steal from people and sell what he stole and, and live. And, and I'm sure he was rough. But several years ago, Greg heard the invitation. Greg, if you will follow me, I will make you into a fisher of men. Greg, if you follow me, I can transform you. Greg, it, it doesn't matter about the tattoos. It doesn't matter about the, the criminal record. It doesn't matter about your past. If you'll follow me, I will make you into a fisher of men. And, and Greg, in a radical transformation, gave his life to Christ. And he is still following Jesus to this day. He is a beautiful example. In fact, every week I get a text from him with a prophetic word about what God is saying. And I'm challenged and I'm, I'm amazed at what can happen when you and I make the decision that we're going to follow Jesus and allow him, Jesus, to change us and transform us. You know, the Bible says that we are changed from glory to glory to glory to glory. And it seems like in my experience in the church, that many times there are Christians, uh, and, and again, I'm an expert. I'm a professional churchgoer. I've been in church all my life, so I can speak from experience. There is a segment of Christianity that, that people are not changing. People have settled in. People are, are not being transformed, and they're not changing. And, 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 and the Bible teaches us that we are changed from glory to glory to glory. That's what happens when you follow him. When you follow him, he changes you, just like Greg. Greg got close to Jesus, the good shepherd, and he followed him, and Greg's life was absolutely transformed. Maybe you're watching today, and, and you just have really wondered, you know, does the gospel work? Does this message of Jesus Christ transforming lives, does it really work? And I can tell you, it works. It works in Greg's life. It works in my life. It can work in your life. If you and I will simply make the decision that we are going to follow Jesus. And where he leads, we will follow. There's a story in Mark chapter 10. In fact, let's go there. Mark chapter 10. It's a story of the rich 
young ruler. The Bible says that he was rich, he was young, and he was a ruler. And, and in Mark chapter 10, you'll see the scripture there up uh, on your screen as we look at this just for a few moments. It starts out in verse 17, Mark chapter 10, verse 17. If you're with me, say amen. It says, as Jesus started on his way. Now, we got to stop there just for a moment. Because Jesus is always moving. Jesus was on his way. Jesus has an agenda. And when Jesus confronted the disciples on the Sea of Galilee, he was on his way. He was moving. God is not a God who sits still. He's a God who changes. He's a God who transforms. And, and he's the same yesterday, today, forever, but he never, he, he never changes. And he's always on the move. And so Jesus confronted the disciples on the Sea of Galilee and said, hey, I'm on a mission. I'm moving. If you want to come with me, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Well, the same thing here happens in Mark chapter 10. It says Jesus was on his way. He was moving. He was on a mission. He was trying to accomplish something. And it says, a man ran up to him. Now watch this. Jesus didn't come to the man. The man came to him. And he fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, verse 18. No one is good except God alone. And you know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud honor your father and mother. Now watch this. Teacher, he declared, verse 20, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. See, he was doing a good job. In fact, he obeyed six of the 10 commandments. He was doing a good job. Most people live like this and they say, you know what? I don't commit adultery. I don't cheat. I don't steal. I must be doing pretty good. And they're not Changing. They're not being transformed because they're not following the good shepherd. And this rich young ruler said, you know what? It's time for me to coast. I've accomplished much. I don't cheat. I don't steal. I don't commit adultery. I don't kick the cat. So I must be doing pretty good. He says, I've, I've obeyed these since I was a boy. And Jesus looked at him and loved him. See, this message is a message of love. The message that I'm bringing you today is, is a message of love. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at anybody in the church, but, but, but sometimes love confronts and love challenges and love says, yes, you're doing pretty good. You're doing six out of 10, but if you'll follow Jesus, you can do seven out of 10. You can do eight out of 10. You can, you can follow him and he can continue to change you. You can be 90 years old, you can be nine years old, and the gospel still works. And if you will stay close to the good shepherd, he will make you into fishers of men. So Jesus looked at this man and loved him. He said, one thing you still lack, go and sell everything you have, and give it to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Now think about that. What an opportunity. Think about how much. If Jesus put that ad on Facebook and offered a price, how, how much money do you think that he would get for people to follow Jesus? It was a priceless opportunity. Say this guy was worth 10 million. It was worth 10 million just to follow and to see what Jesus did in his ministry. And yet 
doesn't say how much he had. And it really doesn't matter because it's not an issue of how much money he had. It's an issue of the heart. And, and he, he was unwilling to follow Jesus in a priceless opportunity. And the Bible says in verse 22, at this word, the man's fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. This rich young ruler had the opportunity to follow Jesus, to become a disciple, to sell everything and to follow him. And the Bible says that he passed on this opportunity and he went away sad. See, he came to Jesus, Jesus confronted him. And then the Bible says that the rich young ruler, his face was sad and he left and he turned and walked away. You know what I like about this story? It, it, it says that Jesus didn't go after him. Jesus didn't try to negotiate. He didn't try to say, okay, hey, you know what? You've uh, uh, nine commandments out of 10 is good. Don't worry, we'll work on that one. Jesus was not compromising and he didn't run after the man to try to negotiate this call. You see, because the call of Christ is clear and it's a command and you will follow him. Come, if you'll, if you'll follow me, I will change you. I will make you. I will author something in you. I will, I will create something in you and you will be changed in a moment and for the rest of your life if you continue to follow me. What a powerful story. Jesus went on and look at verse uh, in chapter 10 and chapter 11 of Mark. He went out and he found people that were going to follow him. In fact, the next chapter was blind Bartimaeus. He found somebody who was willing to follow him. And blind Bartimaeus' eyes were opened. Why? Because when you follow Jesus, when you follow him and you ask him to lead you and you follow, you change and you become different. Let me give you real quick, and this is our PC share, by the way, um, that I want you to post and, and put on Facebook and put on social media. God is not forcing you to follow him. He's inviting you to join him on a journey. And I wanna encourage the Pine Castle family. There's many of you who've been following Jesus for a long time. Don't quit, keep following. Keep singing that song where he leads me, I will follow. Keep going, don't give up, don't coast, don't rest but keep following Jesus and ask Jesus to change you from glory to glory. I wanna give you just 10, and, and I just wrote these down in, in my study this week, 10 obstacles to following Jesus, 10 hindrances to following the Good Shepherd. What are some of the things that keep us from following Jesus? The song says, where you lead, I will follow, but many times we don't follow. What are the things that keep us from following the Good Shepherd. Number one, here it is. Self-sufficiency. Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 5, the scripture's there on your screen. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And, and can I remind you kindly today that self-sufficiency is one of the greatest hindrances to following Jesus Christ. When you come to that place where you say, I've got it figured out. I know what to do. I've been there before. I've heard that sermon. 
sung that song. I've been around the block. When you develop that kind of attitude, that will keep you from following Jesus Christ. You know, we're, we're, we're almost Lord willing out of this COVID-19 thing since March of this year. Here we are almost in September. It's hard to imagine. I hope that one of the lessons that you and I have learned from this pandemic is that we're not in charge. We are not in control. And can I just say this, and it may be, it may be offensive to some, but sir, you are not in charge of your life. Ma'am, you are not calling the shots. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ and your life is not your own. And you think that you call all the shots and you lead and you direct, but you know what? You are not the leader. E.W. Bailey says, says, where he leads, I will follow. And some of you are type A personalities and you like to be in charge and you like to be in control and you like to think that you are holding all the cards and you're making all the decisions. Can I remind you that is self-sufficiency and that's one of the things that will keep you from following Jesus Christ. You're in control of your retirement. You're in control of your 401k. You got a handle on your finances and I hope that you've learned from this COVID-19 pandemic one thing and that is you are not in charge if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ you have to rid yourself of self-sufficiency and have an attitude that says to God God wherever you lead me I'm going to follow I don't want to go to hell's kitchen but I'll go if you lead me father my heart wants to be at a place of comfort my heart wants to be a place of, of rest but God wherever you lead me I will follow we have to ask God to, to, to rid us from a spirit of self-sufficiency. Number two, the second obstacle to following Jesus Christ and being a disciple is lack of trust. You know, some of us have a, have a problem with trust. You've been hurt. You've been wounded. People have uh, taken advantage of you. And you have a place in your heart where you just don't want to trust. You see, you can't follow someone you don't trust. And I love the old hymn, and we've been talking about hymns all year long. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. See, lack of trust will keep you from following. Because when God says, go here, when God says, do that, immediately in your heart, something jumps up and it's a lack of trust. And you say, I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I can believe in you. I don't know if I can follow you. I hope you come to that place where you have a, a, a deep-seated trust in God. You can trust in God. Where he leads you, you can follow him. And you can have complete confidence and trust him. Look at, uh, it's on your screen, Psalm. Go to Psalm 56. I'm going to show you this. Psalm 56 and verse uh, 3 and 4. Psalm 56, verse 3 and 4. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? See, you've got to come, like I do, to come to that place where we absolutely trust him. In God I trust, and I will not be afraid. See, behind lack of trust is a spirit of fear. When you don't trust, that means you are afraid. And 
a lack of trust will keep you from following Jesus Christ and being a, a, a close disciple and follower of him. Number three, another obstacle to following Jesus is shame. Shame. Look at, uh, it's in Genesis 3. You know the story, Adam and Eve. They were walking with God. They were following God. Watch this. They walked with God every single morning and every single night. Can you imagine the walk that you would have with God our Father every single morning and every single night? Can you imagine the, the joy and the wisdom and, the, and the, just the absolute peace that you would find yourself in walking with God every single day? And for whatever reason, they fell into sin. You, you know the story. They gave in to their desires. They gave in to their wants. And, and they, they made the decision they were going to follow anymore. They were going to follow their own lead. And look what took place. And we all pay the price every single day. But the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3 that they hid in the garden. And they hid in the bushes. And God shows up and says, hey, Adam and Eve, where are you? Now, you know God knew where they were. God, God knows where you are. He asked the question, where are you? Because he wants you to know where you are. And Adam and Eve says, we're, we're hiding in the garden. We were afraid and we were ashamed. You see, shame will keep you from following Jesus. Well, I just don't feel like I'm a good Christian. I just don't feel like I've got it all together. I just don't feel like, you know, my past. And your past will creep up and the sins of your past and your carnal nature will rise up and it will cause you to be ashamed. It will cause you to be full of shame and that will keep you from following Jesus Christ. Listen, God knows who you are. God knows your issues. God knows your weaknesses and he wants you to come and he wants you to follow him and not allow shame to keep you from following Jesus Christ. Number four, stubbornness. Stubbornness will keep you from following Jesus Christ. You know what? It seems like sometimes as, as, as humans, the older we get, the more stubborn we become. Now I'm, I'm getting ready to approach 60 here in the next few years. And, and, and sometimes that old stubborn spirit just rises up. And it's all of us. We just like to do things a certain way. And we are stubborn. And you know the old phrase, I've always done it like this. That's the seven words of a dying church. We've always done it this way. And, and uh, we got to come to a place where we say, God, I'm not going to be stuck in the mud. I'm not going to be uh, uh, just desiring to do what I want to do. God, I don't want to be stubborn. I want to be flexible and I want to follow you. Go to, go to Psalm 81. You're there in Psalm, in Psalm 56. Go to Psalm 81. Let's talk about stubbornness just for a few moments. And, and there's men watching right now. You think that your wife called me uh, to talk about this today. And I can tell you, I got no calls from any wives. This is all by the Holy Spirit. But Psalm 81 and verse 11 and 12. Look what it says. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. Powerful scripture. Being stubborn comes with a tremendous price. Uh, E.W. Blandley says, God, I don't want to be stubborn. I want to follow you. And wherever you lead me, I'm going to go. Break today in your life a, a spirit of stubbornness. Uh, number five, quickly, impatience. Sometimes we don't follow because we're impatient. 
Do you know the good shepherd, sometimes he will lead you fast and then sometimes he will pull back and it will be slow. You know, in Psalm 23, still waters, green pastures, the valley, the table in the presence of my enemies. Uh, and then ultimately heaven, where, where we say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Uh, uh, your life is nothing more than seasons. And there will be seasons in your life where uh, it seems like God is slowing things down a little bit. And you know what we do? We get impatient. And we just say, hey, I, let me take the wheel. Let, let me drive, God. And we get impatient and we get ahead of God. Don't allow your impatience to uh, steal from you the joy of following God and just resting in the fact that sometimes he leads you fast and sometimes he leads you slow. Number six, the sixth thing that keeps us from following is pride. A spirit of pride. We've talked about this. It's much similar to self-sufficiency, but pride is just an arrogance in your ability, your experience, your education, your bank account, your investments, your history. God wants to root from you a spirit of pride. You know, the Bible says God opposes the proud but he gives grace to the humble. Humble people follow the great leader and ask God to remove today from you a spirit of pride. Uh, number seven, quickly, conflicting voices. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice and what? They follow me. There's a lot of voices out there. Now, when I was a kid, we didn't have many voices at all. We had uh, three stations on TV, ABC, CBS, NBC, that was it. Didn't have social media, didn't have satellites, didn't have social uh, networking, and it was just, it was simple. Today, there are so many voices out there. And can I tell you, conflicting voices will, will confuse you and keep you from following the voice of the Good Shepherd. If I were you, I would, I would eliminate conflicting voices that confuse you, that, 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 that cause you to doubt. Um, there's only one voice that we need, and that is the voice of the Holy Spirit. My sheep know my voice. They listen and they follow. Uh, remove from your life today any conflicting voices. And by the way, those convicting voices, that... That could mean family members. For some reason, just, uh, I was just quickened to that, but there's somebody watching today that, that, that the greatest conflicting voice in your life is a family member. And you feel uh, obligated to listen and to obey them. And they're speaking words into your life that is uh, contrary to scripture. They're conflicting voices. And if you listen to them, you're gonna follow them. By the way, how's that gonna work? Look at who they are and look at their life and that's what you're going to become if you follow them. But look at Christ and look at Jesus and that's what you're going to become if you remove conflicting voices. Number number eight, very very similar to conflicting voices but distractions. We, uh, we looked uh, a couple weeks ago at Martha and Mary. Uh, Mary did what was right. She listened to the voice of God. Martha was distracted by many things. Don't allow distractions to... Uh, keep you from following the good shepherd. Number nine, I love this one. An obstacle that keeps you from following the good shepherd is trusting in the tangible. See, 
tangible. This, this podium right here is tangible. Uh, this book that I'm holding is tangible. And, and there's some of you that, that, that you like to follow and you like to put your trust in the tangible. And can I tell you that if you're going to follow Jesus Christ, you've got to take your trust away from the tangible and you've got to live by faith. Why? Because the Bible says the just shall live by faith. We will live by faith and not by sight. And some of you have trouble following the good shepherd because it's not tangible. You can't put your hands on it. It doesn't make sense. You can't wrap your brain around it sometimes when God asks you to do something that you've never done before and it's uncomfortable and it's not tangible. Can I tell you, we are spirits and we are following the spirit and there are going to be decisions and choices and things that God asks you to do that you're not going to be able to quantify. You're, you're going to just have to trust in the intangible. That God, you're asking me to do this and I've never done it before and it's uneasy and it doesn't feel good. But God, I'm going to put my trust in you and I'm going to trust and I'm going to live by faith. And then number 10, uh, fear will keep us from following the good shepherd. Fear. Fear is a powerful spirit. It's a powerful force. We talked about that last week for a few moments. Fear will grip you and keep you immobilized. So much to the point where you can't follow because you're so gripped with fear. I pray that you live not in fear. Do not be afraid. Do you have no faith? That's what Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, verse 40. Allow uh, a spirit of faith to come into your life today and, and ask God to follow. Now listen, sometime this week, God's going to ask you to do something you've never done before. Sometime this week, God's going to ask you to do something that's a little crazy. Sometime this week, God's going to ask you to do something that, that you are, are really, really uh, unsure about. I want you to follow him. Why? Because we're commanded to follow the good shepherd. And as E.W. Blandly said, where you lead me, I will follow. When you hear that voice speak to you, when you feel the Holy Spirit prompt you, just do what he tells you to do and follow him. Don't be like the rich young ruler who will leave with your head sad because you're unwilling to sacrifice, to follow him. He wants to lead you. He's in charge, he's in control, He's a great shepherd, and he's going to lead you. You continue to follow him today. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him. All the way. Sing that with me, if you will. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him, all the way. See, God's asking you to go all the way. Follow him your entire life. And if you do, he will change you from glory to glory. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the challenge that we have received. God, remove these obstacles from our lives so that we can be a true disciple and follower of you. 
God, we ask you to continue to lead us as a good shepherd. Guide us. And Lord, we make the commitment today that we're going to follow you all the way. We thank you for that today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen and amen. You know, I was reminded of, as we're going to close, I did the um, celebration of life for Jerry W. Miller this past week. In fact, it was on Sunday. And I was just reminded, what a beautiful family, beautiful life. Uh, he, was, he was married to Laura, his wife, for 68 years. Jerry loved singing. He sang in our choir, loved singing. Great man. But I was just reminded of him. He was 90 years old when he went home to be with the Lord a couple of weeks ago. And you know what? He followed the good shepherd. He wasn't perfect. Like, like none of us are perfect. But he was a good man. And he followed the good shepherd all the way. He lived a life that honored God to his last dying breath. What a way to go. I pray that you will follow him today. I pray that you won't give up halfway. I pray you won't give up when you're exhausted. I pray you won't give up when life is hard. I pray that you'll be like Jerry and you'll just follow him all the way. That's what God wants for you today. God bless you. We'll see you next week here at Pine Castle at 1030 on Facebook or go to our website. We look forward to worshiping with you. God bless you. Have a great day. Go and send no more. Bye-bye.